Well, good morning. It is great to see you. Some cool things happening this week. As we've said, the night of worship is going to be incredible. I hope you guys will be here this week. Um, we're, we're praying revival would break out this, this Wednesday. So I hope you'll be here. Going to record some new songs and uh, excited, excited, excited. Next Sunday, start a brand new sermon series called Hold On, Let Go. And uh, kind of the premise is maybe the greatest enemy of tomorrow are the things that, are, that you're holding tightly to today. And so uh, we're going to talk about that dynamic for the next few weeks. I'm excited about that. If you've got a Bible, let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7 today as we finish the series called Built Different today. Uh, several years ago when my kids were little, we decided to go on a vacation and rent a, an RV. And we were going to go see the Grand Canyon and went up to Yellowstone, did the whole deal. And, and uh, my wife and I decide, <clears throat> decided that we were going to uh, read through and, and study the book of Colossians as a family. And so we were going to read a little bit every night and pray together and just kind of have uh, some Bible study time uh, with our kids. And, and so uh, what we learned is that um, uh, living with your family in an RV changes your family. <laughs> And we went from focusing on doing a Bible study to focusing on not killing our children. And uh, we, we, we discovered that uh, we had some issues, and so we had to talk about some, some of those things. But, you know, it reminds me as I was thinking about this message that sometimes we have this ideal image and picture of what our family is going to be. We have this picture of what our kids are going to be. It's in our head. We can see it. And, and, and we kind of put that up. And, and we, that becomes the standard by which we start judging if our kids are doing well and if our marriage is well and if our life is well. And that can get us in a lot of trouble. Uh, so I brought a few pictures, a few family photos to remind us that sometimes the picture that we thought was going to be awesome doesn't turn out to be so awesome. I mean, somebody thought, hey, I've got a plan. What if we do a family photo and we all wear stripes? That's going to be awesome. And then it's not. <laughs> Somebody comes up with the idea, I've got the perfect idea. Let's all lay down on each other for this one. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing here? And, and then some, some mom was like, look, our family, is, is, we're just gonna show how much excitement and happiness and joy we have as a family. And our kids are gonna do perfect in this picture. And so she found out that it doesn't always work out the way that you plan. And then my favorite uh, is, is, is of this family who I can relate to this family because sometimes you just feel like you're barely hanging on. Hello, anybody with me? Amen. You feel like you're just hanging on and the, whole, the, the wheels are falling off the bus. We're gonna have a great family photo, but then this is kind of how it turns out. Kids are falling out. Oldest kid's been forgotten. We don't even... We may care about his picture. And my favorite part about this is the dad's stone cold look. Like he is solid, man. I don't know who he is, but I respect it. I respect it. The, the, the idea though, is that we have this perfect picture, this perfect image of what our family is supposed to be or what our family is supposed to do. And, and oftentimes it just doesn't end up that way. And I think parents, um, a lot of times actually uh, struggle with this. And, and we struggle with this concept that, that okay, here's what I, how they should act, my kids should act, and, and, and this is how they should, 
you know, put everything together and they're not going to make any mistakes. And, and of course they're not perfect, but they're just not going to make any big mistakes, just some little ones. And, and then we have this ideal image and picture, but oftentimes what ends up happening is it's the wrong picture. It's the wrong image. It's the wrong focus. And a lot of times that unrealistic picture begins to paralyze us as parents. It'll paralyze us or uh, what could also happen is that it might lead us to start parenting like the rest of culture. And so as we parent like the rest of culture, our standard or our picture is that they would be successful, you know, by worldly standards. And so we want them to be rich and we want them to treat everybody perfectly and, and, and we don't want them to mess up and we want them to look perfectly and we want them to be good at sports and we have, you know, all of the grades are in line and we have this image and, and it can paralyze us. It can also lead us to uh, parent just like the culture and our focus becomes on all of these external things instead of the most important thing that God calls us to do as parents. We're in a series called Built Different. And the idea is that men and women are built different. God designed us differently from creation, different roles in, in culture, different roles in marriage. But the great thing about being built different is that together we can build differently. We can build the kind of culture we want in our home differently than the world would build. We can, we can build this atmosphere in our uh, homes and, and for our children that, that would lead them to Jesus and that would focus on Jesus and not the standards of the world around us. And so that means we think differently. We, we prioritize differently. It means that our schedules look different. It means that we reward differently. It, rem it, it means that we talk differently. It, it, it means that you know, what we are talking about and focusing on is different than, than what the world would talk about and focus on. And so together, we build our family differently. And I want to challenge you today to build your family on the right foundation. And this can happen. I don't care if your kids are little or if your kids are a little bit older. You can, you can change. You can, you can reinvent. You can begin to cultivate and create a new culture in your family and do this today. And in Matthew 7 is where we're going to start. This is the end of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus preaches the greatest message and sermon ever taught. It's life-changing, and he says this in verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Uh, I want us to see a few things from this passage. And then we're going to go to Deuteronomy 6. So you can turn there if you've got a Bible. But everybody knows the most important part of building a house or building any kind of structure is the foundation. Remember last Sunday we talked about the Leaning Tower of Pisa and how it, it, didn't always, it wasn't always called the Leaning Tower of Pisa. It, at one point they called it the Tower of Pisa. And, and then as it began to, began to lean, then everyone started to focus on the flaw. And, and, and the flaw became the feature, 
right? And, and so same thing can happen in culture, same thing can happen in your family, that sometimes the flaws can become the feature that we highlight when really the foundation of the tower is messed up and we need to fix the foundation. Everybody knows that's the most important part of a building. And so if we want to build on the right foundation, according to Jesus, this is what he says. He tells us to build your life on the rock, Jesus Christ. We build our life on him, on the words that he teaches us. And so not only do we hear them, but we do them and we practice them and we understand them and we grow in that knowledge. And when we start doing this, we start building on the rock. We start building on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now the gospel just simply means the good news. And so it's the good news that God sent his son Jesus on a rescue mission to redeem lost mankind. See, without Jesus, we, we are separated from God and will be separated from God forever. But because of Jesus, he dies on the cross for our sins, gives us an opportunity then to commit our life to him, receive forgiveness from our sins. We put our faith in him. He saves us. We have a relationship with God. We begin to understand our purpose in life. And he transforms us little bit by little bit. We start becoming more and more like him. And, and see, this is how we, we, we first understand the gospel. Then we build on the gospel in our homes. This is the most important thing we can get our kids to understand. This is the most important thing that you will ever do with your life is build your life on the rock. Everything in our culture tells us to turn away from God's word, right? Some, sometimes you don't even feel like doing God's word. And so there's part of you that doesn't wanna do it. And there's culture that's pulling us away at the same time. But he's telling us the wise builder will build on the words of Jesus because we trust Jesus. Whoever does these words of mine, he's essentially telling us that a wise builder is going to live according to the words of Jesus. And so you've got to ask yourself the question, does our family, does it look any different from the guy down the road who doesn't go to church and that doesn't know Jesus? Are there differences in how we're raising our family and prioritizing our life and, and living our life? Those are, those are hard questions, but we've got to answer them today. The second part of this, I think that is helpful is to understand that the storm is coming. It says the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and it beat against the house. You see, the storm is going to come in your life. We don't know what that storm is gonna be. It might be rebellion, it might be suffering, it might be sickness, it might be all kinds of relational trauma or whatever. The storms of life will come to every single one of us, even as believers. Jesus does not promise us a storm-free life. And when that storm comes, what we have to understand is that the storm will reveal your foundation. You can tell us all day long that you have faith in Jesus, but when the storm of life hits your family, hits your life, will you discover that your life is built on the rock, on Jesus? That means that your faith is intact and strong and your focus strong as you continue to live through the storms that God sends or that that the world just sins or just like bad mistakes happen in our life. So we have to, we have to deal with the consequences of our own decisions. And so the storm is gonna come, it's gonna reveal the foundation, but 
Even when that storm is, is there, we understand the truth of God's word. I love Deuteronomy 31.8. I've got this written down, man. I go to this all the time. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. When the wind blows, when the rain comes and it, it beats against the house that you have built, Right, we have to trust and believe that God is with us. He's not left us, he's not gonna forsake us. And so our, we have faith, we pray and we pray and we pray and we trust and we trust. And that's what it looks like. We stay focused on the gospel, we stay focused on worshiping God and serving God and trusting God and reading his word. And as we do, our faith grows and we're believing and we're trusting and, 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 and we see mountains move and we see miracles happen because he is faithful in every situation. As we face adversity and suffering, we walk with the Lord. We pray and we pray and we do our part and we trust that he is going to come through. And then thirdly, we see here that the house on the rock won't fall. House on the rock won't fall. The wind comes, the rain comes, but it does not fall because it was founded on the rock. When the wind of uh, culture, when the, the rebellion in one of your kids happens, when sickness happens, when things in life happen, that storm comes. And then we are able to endure that storm as we are faithful and we are trusting God and we are believing God and, and we, are, we are praying with friends and we are praying with individuals and we're praying alone. And God brings us through that storm and we come out on the other side, we are stronger. Our faith is stronger. Right now I can help other people going through it. And so these are the things that God does and he reveals to us as we uh, begin to go through the seasons of life like this. And for us, we wanna hear Jesus uh, in, in his words today. He says, if our, if our foundation is not on him, he says, great is that fall. Great is that fall. Now, ultimately here, I think what he's, when he talks about the storm, I, I think, yeah, he's talking about the, the difficulties of life, but I think it's ultimately the storm of judgment. The storm of judgment will come, and, and, and without faith in Christ, then ultimate destruction. It's like the, the, the person that is not wise, they built on the sand, and, and so judgment comes and, and wipes them out. So ultimately, we need to put our faith in Jesus. Step one. And so we understand this is how we can begin to, 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 to focus, okay, we've got to do this. We've got to build our family, our home on the, on the rock, on, on Jesus Christ. So how do we do that? So let's turn to Deuteronomy 6 and see this passage. If you don't have this highlighted, circled in your Bible, man, do that, write it down, put it somewhere to remind you. He says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as front, frontlets <clears throat> between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates." And this is a, a powerful foundational passage for parents and, 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 and for believers. Moses is talking to an entire community here. And so the first thing we see is here, O Israel. 
He's talking to everybody, the community. And so you might write this down. You are not alone. As a parent, you are not alone. Hear, O Israel. Right? This is huge for us because sometimes we feel alone as parents. We feel alone and we feel like we're not going to be able to make it. We feel like we're not going to be able to, to, to you know, get through this season that we're in. But, but that's why we join the church. That's why we are partnered together. How many parents in the room just kind of feel like they could use some help? Any parents would just say, yeah, I need some help. I saw some quick hands on that one. So I need some help, brother. I need help. And so when we partner with Foothills Church, we're saying we are here for each other. We are here to help one another. We are here to help and, and, and to pour into the next generation together. As a parent, we realize this. There, you know, when your kids are little, your daughter's going to tell you she's afraid of the shadow in a room. But there's going to come a day in her life where she's not going to come home and talk to you about her greatest fears. There's going to be a, a time in your son's life when he's not talking to you about the greatest temptations in his life. And so what do we do? Well, we, we want to strategically put the right godly leaders in their life because even though they're not talking to mom and dad, they will talk to somebody. And so for us as parents, as a church, together we want our kids, our students, our, our children, our teenagers to be in relationships with godly adults who will be saying the same thing that you might be saying, mom and dad, but they don't listen to you. But they will be listening to those leaders in their life. And so we've got to build that framework and those friendships and those relationships around our kids. This is huge. We call them small group leaders. And so our small group leaders right now with our kids next door are not just babysitting. They are pouring the gospel into your kids. They're here to help equip you, here to help you in any way that they can. Right? On Wednesday nights when our student ministry meets, these godly leaders are pouring into teenagers and, and they're pouring into them because they love them and they want to make disciples. And so, so they are here to partner with you, not replace you. They're only with us or, or, or their leaders, you know, a couple hours, maybe a week, but they're with you every day. And so you're the primary disciple maker of your family. But these leaders around you are so important. They're, they're critical. And it's why we created the journey. The journey is a way for you, base camp, camp two, camp three, leadership summits, for you to get equipped, for, for you to grow. And as you grow, you're able to lead them in a greater way and help them discover their purpose as you discover yours. Every week, there's a parent cue with uh, everything that you receive from kids ministry that help you further the conversation that they start on Sunday morning. There's a parent cue app that has tons of resources for you, for you to continue to have conversations with your kids at home and in, in, in Bible studies with your, with your kids. And there's several books that are out there. There's a, there's a book for every phase that you're going through as a parent. And so if you don't know this, ask your small group leader, ask the, um, the, the kids ministry folks, they'll help you find it on Amazon. You can buy these, there's, it starts, my kid's a baby. That's the first phase. And then there's a kindergarten. I mean, it goes through every season and every phase all the way up to uh, adulthood and how to prepare for that and how to think through that. Here, oh, parents of Foothills Church, you are not alone, but you gotta do your part. Secondly, I think we see here that connecting your kids to God's plan means teaching God's word. You, as the primary disciple maker of your kids, he says, you shall teach them. So you're called to teach your kids. You're called to train your kids. That should be your priority. Right? Yeah, grades, yeah, sports, yeah, all this other stuff. But priority 
has to be the word of God, has to be pouring into our kids what it means to follow and trust God. And if you could just imagine this suitcase belonging to your child, right? And when they are little, man, they're, 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 they're like wide open to everything that you have to say, right? This suitcase kind of represents them leaving your house one day and, and they're gonna take everything that you've taught them all of their experiences, all the family dynamics, and, and, and they're gonna leave uh, college, get married, have their own family, right? And they're gonna take this with them. And so when they're little, man, it is wide open. And you can just like, you can tell them anything. And they're just like, oh my gosh, my dad's amazing. Did you hear what he said, right? And I mean, you can, you can, you can pray with them, you can teach them, you can, you can, you can do uh, and teach them whatever you wanna teach them. And man, they're gonna soak it up. But as they begin to get older, depending on the kid, every kid's different, right? But depending on the kid, as, 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 as they get a little bit older, that suitcase then begins to start closing. And then as it starts to close and they're getting older into their teenage years, man, you're still trying to throw some stuff in there. Hey, don't forget about this. And oh, we forgot to tell them about this stuff and we better tell them this. And oh, wait a minute. And, and it's getting you know, a little, little bit softer, a little bit, little bit shallower until finally, at some point, it's gonna be kind of like, Thanks, mom and dad, but that's it. There's going to be a time where they're not listening because they got it all figured out, right? They, they know everything. And so that, that, the idea, though, is that the seeds have been planted, the lessons have been taught, and they're going to be heading out. And that's super scary as a parent. <laughs> Did we do a good job? Did we put everything in there that they needed? Did we talk about everything? Did we fit it all in there? There's gonna be a million questions, I get it. But that's why when we talk about laying a foundation, it starts when they're babies. It starts when they are born with baby dedication that we do. And it starts with getting your kids here on Sunday morning every Sunday. And it starts then as they get into middle school and you're getting them here on Wednesday nights and, and you're connecting them to small group leaders and they're a part of summer camp and they're a part of the weekend trips and they're a part of all the things and, and you're calling their small group leaders and you have a relationship with their small group leaders and you're talking to them and, and you can text them and Right, and so there's a relationship here. It's here, oh Israel. It is, it is a community effort. So you're not alone. If you're trying to do it on your own, I, I, I think you're missing a great opportunity that God has given to you through Foothills Church. Now these leaders aren't perfect and they can't fix your kid, just like you can't fix your kid. Just like you can't change them. But you can put them in those relationships and pray and trust that God will do the changing. And we hope and we pray and we trust and we pray and we do our part and we pack their bag because one day they'll be leaving. Now, my oldest is in college and what I love that she's kind of making the turn and like she kind of brings a suitcase home on, on every other weekend and she opens it up a little bit and she's like, hey, what about this? And that's awesome. I love that. <clears throat> and so that's the idea, right? We've got to connect our kids to God's plan. And that means teaching them God's word. And we've got to pour that into them. Your role as a parent is not to raise perfect kids. It's to point them to a perfect savior. And as we do that, we trust and, and we see that, that, that we're encouraging them to take their next step of faith. We're encouraging them to embrace the call that God has on their life. Not my perfect image and my perfect picture, but God's 
direction and God's path. Right? And that's tough as a parent because we have a plan. But are we going to submit to God's plan for their life? That's what we have to wrestle with. We want to point them to this idea that there is a bigger story. The bigger story is God's plan. God is working in the world. God will send Jesus to come and return. We've got to prepare for that day. And so there's a bigger story. There's a bigger story that we want to connect them to. It's bigger than, did you make the travel team? It's bigger than, did you make the honor roll? It's bigger than what college you go to. The, the plan of God in the world is the thing. It, it is the priority. And we want to point them and let them know that no matter what they go through, no matter what they are experiencing, God has a plan for them. So in this passage, when he says, teach your children, right? He's saying when you sit at home. So when you're at home, you're having the conversation. He says when you walk or when you drive in the car, it's a perfect time. And even the Parent Q app has drive time discussion uh, questions and those kinds of things that you can talk about with your kid. When you lay down, bedtime when your kids are little is huge. Every night, you know, the Jesus storybook, read a story. As they get older, it changes to more of a devotional book. But, but every night as, as your kids are going to bed, because there's going to be a day when they're in middle school at some point or sometime, depending on the kid, they're like, they don't want to be tucked in, right? They don't want that hug or that whatever. And so, so then you know the suitcase has kind of closed on that chapter. But while they are open to that, man, we are just like, here's everything, get it all, plant the seeds, Right? He says before, in the morning, morning time, like, so the morning routine is, is important. The bedtime routine is important. The drive time is important. All of these things are about an intentional rhythm in your home where you're, you're having conversations and, 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 and you're pouring in the gospel at every turn that you can. And so we're teaching them. And then thirdly, I think loving your kids the right way starts with you loving God the right way. So now we kind of turn the script, like your ability to love your children the right way starts with you learning how to love God the right way, it starts with you. He says, he says, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. He's saying that you write these on your own heart. As a mom and a dad, we have to grow. We have to figure out what it means to fulfill God's purpose in our life. We have to understand that. We have to have a hunger for that. So if I'm gonna help my kids actually connect to Jesus, my first job is really to connect myself to Jesus. I've got to grow. I've got to understand who he is and what he wants to do, right? I, I've got to lead in that way. I've got to model in that way. If I'm going to help my kids connect, I have to connect. That doesn't mean you have to be the perfect role model. It doesn't mean that you have to do everything right because you will not. But it does mean that you will in fact give your kids a front row seat to authentic faith. This is what authentic faith looks like, right? I'm, I'm not just putting on a show on Sunday. I'm not just putting on a show in front of my friends. This is what authentic faith actually looks like. This is a front row seat to the grace and goodness of God. And when you allow God to do what he wants to do in your heart, then your kids can begin to see, okay, this is what it looks like. I prioritize Jesus. I worship Jesus. I serve the needy. I serve the hurting, right? I'm, I'm, I'm willing to say I'm sorry when I mess up. I'm willing to uh, uh, treat my spouse in a respectful way. 
especially in front of them. And when there is disagreement, there's, there's a healthy resolution where the kids see that. You know, there's apologies that happen in our house. There's, there's this idea of, of really showing them what brokenness looks like. And so what brokenness looks like is I, I pray and, 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 and they see me pray and they see my Bible open. This is what it begins to look like as we are loving God the right way for even ourselves. There's two things about our kids that are hard to accept, but these two things are, they're gonna mess up and, and people are going to hurt them. And that's painful, right? And we just wanna helicopter them and, and fix every problem. And when they mess up, no, 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 do this. And when someone hurts them, we wanna, we wanna step in and, 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 and fix it or hurt back. And none of that actually works. You can't stop them from messing up. You can't stop others from actually hurting them. It's impossible to do that. But what you can do is you can help them get connected to Jesus who has invited them to a bigger story. You can connect them to this bigger story of a God who forgives people who don't deserve forgiveness. The story of a God who loves people even when they run away from him. It's a God who shows grace to his children the God who sent his son to die for his people. And when we connect them to this plan, it, it's a bit more dangerous plan. It's a bit more challenging to watch them go through that because it always takes us out of our comfort zone, but it's exactly where we want our kids to be in, in, in the plan and will of God. It takes a lot of prayer. Uh, a few weeks ago, we actually... In, in, at our Knoxville location, it's being renovated. It's getting kind of close. And before they put drywall on the walls, we had a night of worship there. And we encouraged everybody to write scripture on the walls and uh, just their prayer uh, on, on the studs and those kinds of things. And it's on the floor. It was just a sweet, sweet time. And I remember it's been several weeks ago that I mentioned it to the crowd. And so um, that week, I got an interesting email and it was an email of a mom who was here when we built this building. And when we built this building, we did the same thing. So, so like all over these walls here in the hallways and everywhere, there are scriptures and prayers written on the, on the studs and, and uh, where there's carpet, we wrote uh, prayers on uh, the floor. And when I was talking about that, her name's Cindy. She said, God rem reminded me of something. God spoke to me. She said, when we did this, that same thing in 2018 here in this building, she said she went into the care and prayer room. And she went in there intentionally to write a prayer and to ask God for something that she'd been asking God for for a long time. And, and one of her sons, she has two sons, but her son is a grown man and, and he just wasn't in church and far from God. And so she said, I went into the care and prayer room that day and I just prayed for my son. And I wrote a prayer on the wall for him that he would be here and that God would change him. And she said, Trent, the day that you talked about that story uh, and what you were doing in Knoxville, I looked to my right and my son was with me. And I realized what a great and good and gracious God that we have. 
I think Cindy's here today. Is she here? There she is. With her son right there. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in it. I've seen God move mountains. I really have. We prayed over our women week one. We prayed in our teenage girls. We prayed over our men and our teenage uh, young men the second week. Today we're going to do something completely different, a little chaotic, but we're going to pray over our children. And so guys, would you bring them on in? So the most important thing I want you guys to see up here, right, is this is the room where mom and dad worship Jesus. Every week we sing, we serve, we give in this room, and, and then I get up and I talk about Jesus and Sometimes we cry and sometimes we laugh and sometimes we're encouraged and uh, sometimes we're challenged. But the goal of us being here is that we would know Jesus in a deeper way. And our prayer for you guys is that you would in fact commit your life to Jesus, that you would understand who he is, understand what he's done for you. Because we believe that the power of Jesus is the most life transforming thing that any of us could ever experience. And we believe that he has a plan for each and every one of you. Jesus loves you so much that he died on the cross for your sins, that you could have forgiveness for your sins and that one day when that happens, you would have a, a relationship with God. And so every week, I would say every day, our, your parents and, and, and me included are praying that, that you guys would know Jesus and that you would follow him and trust him. And so today what we want to do is we want to just pray over you guys. And so parents, let's all stand. And if you're a parent, you might want to raise a hand. If you don't, if you don't care, you, you guys can stay seated. Yeah, let's, let's, I don't want y'all wiggling around and stuff. I just want to encourage you to lift a hand of, of prayer over them. And would you just start praying? over them right now. And then I'm going to pray a prayer, a blessing over them as well. Pray for their salvation. Pray for their protection. Pray for their decisions. Pray for their parents. Lord Jesus, Lord God, I pray right now, Lord, that your power and presence would fall upon these kids. God, I pray for their salvation. I pray that they would know you. God, I pray that your spirit would bless them, that they wouldn't just know you, but that they would know you, know you, like on a deep level, know you, God. And they would feel the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God in their life, that they would come to this decision, that they would commit their life to you. God, I pray that you would give them influence. Give them influence, enlarge that influence more than, than any of us could even dream about. And I don't know what that means, God, but I pray that there would be Billy Grahams, that there would be business owners, that there would be leaders and community leaders and politicians that are up here right now, God, that your blessing 
would fill them and you would give them the influence in this, in this community, in this culture, in this world, in this country. And God, that you would use them to bring about thousands, if not millions of people coming to faith, leading to change, godly change in our culture. Lord, would you enlarge their influence? God, would you protect these kids? Protect them from the enemy. Protect them, God, from themselves and, and their own bad decisions. God, protect them in ways that we can't even understand right now. God, would your blessing and power go before them and protect them and watch over them and guide them and lead them. And Lord, we can't go anywhere without your power and your blessing. And so God, would you bless them? I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would fill them and that they would know you and that you would bless their life and you would bless their future spouses and you would bless their future businesses and their future decisions. God, give them success and give them your hand of protection and give them your blessing. And Lord, I pray for these parents. God, we are not perfect. God, we are far from it and we need your grace and truth and love to help us. And I pray, God, that we would find godly friends and support in this church. And I pray, God, that we would not only find support, but we would find relationships that last a lifetime and we'd find godly leaders to place into these kids' lives and into the, the lives of, of our teenagers as well. And God, that you would bless those relationships and they would flourish. And that today would be a mile marker for these families, that they would build their life and family on the rock and build a firm foundation of faith because the wind and the rain will come, but those whose lives are committed to Jesus will endure. So help us to hang on during the storm today. For those that are going through it, help them to hang on and trust and believe that you are working. And we pray this prayer blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. We'd love for you to like the video and leave a comment. And we also encourage you to subscribe and click the bell so you never miss a post from Foothills Church. To learn more about FC, just head to our website by going to foothillschurch.com or by clicking the link in the description below.